0: Clark again, oh it's through again, he goes, he's got Satuta with him, but it's Ioane in fact, and Rico going to score with a brilliant play from Caleb Clark, and the Blues are in again. gonna back this near side for Vince Arso, Vince Arso gives it away to Umanga Jensen, and he's got it on the line, and that is a try. Pass off oh. Kia ora, te and a warm welcome back to another episode of The Counter a podcast where we discuss all things rugby. Uh, I'm the host of The Counter Ruck, Stacey, and today we welcome uh, all the way from the City of the Future, who's uh, up here in Auckland uh, during the Easter break, and the host of the Pitch Podcast on our network, Joey. Joey, thanks for jumping on us. Thanks for having me. Thank you. From City of the Future. that's the one brother now um i know our regular listeners will know uh we normally have a guy like rog who jumps on and we spoke to him before he said he was going to give it one more season and lace up the boots just one last time although he always says it's going to be his last season so i'll I'll ask you joey mate you got that itch to uh, lace the boots up again this year
1: actually i have to say yes because i bought some boots (laughs) recently (laughs) so now i have to go ahead and use
0: them Yep. I know you and Rog, you guys have the longest retirements. You guys have been on the verge of retiring for the last five, six, seven years now. And you always just uh, managed to squeeze out a few more a um, few more juice out of those lemons. So nah, good on your brother. It's always good to uh stay fit, get those exercises in. So yeah. Um have you got a team? Have you got a team you're looking at playing for? Uh Papa Toy Toy Rugby Club,
1: they've got a last old boys team both in both, uh, senior ones competition and
0: presidents. Oh,
1: so yes, I'm yes. Undecided that's as might, to um, which one I want to
0: align to. Yeah, must be getting close to those golden oldies, um, rules, but I know you as a front rower, you know, those, uh, uncontested scrums and that that might be a bit hard for you, you and Rog to, uh, to go down that route, but, um, yeah, no, no, that's good. That's good. I'm glad to hear. It's good to hear that uh, you know a couple of the guys on the podcast are still involved in the game uh, at the grassroots level. So I think that's going to um, maybe we can talk about that a bit more in some future podcasts. And I know Rod just brought that up as well. So that's definitely something we'll follow, Rod, uh, Joey. So um, good to hear. Um, All right, uh, so before we get into it, let me take care of um, some housekeeping things Uh, before we start. um, So we've got our website up and running, so check us out there, uh, www.weswesnet.com, and also you can follow The Counter Ruck on Twitter and Facebook, so give us a follow and give us a like on there. Now um, for our regular listeners, they will know that we didn't have a podcast last week. Um, I was a little bit under the weather, so I apologise for that. I know Rog, um, who's a die-hard Chief Supporter, he was keen to come on and talk about his win against the Blues, so I was sort of happy that we didn't have that one just as a Blues supporter, but um, yeah, we're back now, and um, yeah, we're going to get straight into it. So, uh, we'll look at some reviews, we'll do some reviews, Joey, Um, on, I think it was Friday night, the Crusaders. They lost at home where they almost never lose to the highlanders uh 33 to 12. so i'm not sure if you caught much of that game mate but have you got any initial thoughts on on that game and um yeah i
1: caught highlights of the game um Mm -hmm. i actually thought it was you know like many other new zealanders i think you know it was expected that the crusaders were going to give them a walloping um so pleasantly surprised as a non-crusaders supporter um to hear that The Highlanders did a job on them, so that was quite nice, especially being a supposed weakened Highlanders team with six of their starting players out uh, due to discrepancies within the squad. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was quite nice to see that, you know, even at home the Crusaders are beatable, um, and I think it just comes down to um, predictability, things like complacency might have played a part um and just the fact that you know the highlanders have some depth in their in their squad in the in the wider team to come in and do the job you know just because their reserves doesn't mean they're not as hungry
0: yeah yeah good thoughts there um it's good for the competition as well like you, you talked on just as a non Us to both non-Crusaders fans shows the Crusaders are beatable and it's not just them running away with it So I think the Highlanders deserve a lot of credit and also those guys that you came in with like you mentioned for those six players You know they might not have got that opportunity And you know when you get an opportunity as a player that's all you want and to their credit they took they took their chances I thought um, you know, we had a bit of a discussion in the chat around the, the Wes Wes points. I thought uh, the Wes Wes medal points, but I thought um, Mitch Hunt at 10 was bloody awesome and the fullback, uh, Connor Garden Baship So there was a bit of a tight a toss up about who was going to get the points, the three points and the two points there. Yeah, they were both very good. But the defence, the defence of the Highlanders, that's what really uh, stood out. You know, the Crusaders only getting 12 points. Um, Richie Moonga was non-sighted he was probably you know one of the most influential players in super rugby at this level and yeah they, he just couldn't get into the game so you know good what good job from the Highlanders. Yeah, it was a good game to watch as well I was like you Joey, I thought um, lucky maybe lucky we didn't have that uh, that podcast last week because I know a lot of people's tips would have probably been crusaders to smash them 13 plus and I would have jumped on that one but um yeah, good job by the Hollanders, I'll say. So it definitely adds a bit of um, intrigue into the competition now as opposed to for the, Ho- the Crusaders to, just to win every week. I'll say that. But um, yeah, if you've got nothing else on that one, brother, we can move straight on to our next one. So on um, on Saturday night, the Blues, the Blues played the Hurricanes uh, at Eden Park and the Blues took that one out 27-17, so I know we're both Blues supporters there, so that's good for us, but how did you see that one?
1: Uh, Look, I thought it was, uh, it was, even though the Hurricanes had a good showing against the Chiefs, I think um, it was quite a good performance by the Blues to come and do a job on uh, the the Hurricanes, the old foe. Um, You know, in terms of, Bogey teams, I think the Blues bogey team is the Chiefs and then the Chiefs bogey team is the Canes normally. So um, Hmm. it was nice to see the Blues get one over um, the Canes. I didn't watch too much of the game myself, but what I did see I quite liked. Um, There are a few things there in the back line that probably need a bit more polishing in terms of their uh, set play and in terms of their back line moves throughout the game. But other than that, I thought it was quite a good uh, collective effort. Um, the forwards played quite solidly, and you know, as the cliche goes, provide the provide the platform, and the backs do the rest. So, yeah, um, it, it was it was nice to see the both the forwards and the backs of the Blues play really well.
0: Yep, yeah, agree with that. Uh though I think Robinson was the captain with um, you know, Patrick Tuipulotu out this week. And I thought, yeah, he did a he did a good job as a captain. Um, just really trying to lead from the front. So I know that was a lot of the feedback that came through on some of the blue supporters pages, how I impressed they were with Robinson's captaincy. Um and the Lucys in general. I thought Papali'i and Hoskins Tutu, they were bloody awesome as well. You um, talked about some of the backs, Peter Fetzer, he, um, he was quite good as well for coming in from fullback. So, um, yeah, it was good, they? they've had back-to-back losses, so I think it was important to steady the ship. And that wasn't a convincing win per se, you know, a win after back-to-back losses is always good. So, um, you know, I think the Blues, they've consolidated their spot in second, and they've probably come a little bit closer after the Highlanders probably did them a bit of a favour. A bit of a favor there but um yeah a bit of a frustrating game but still yeah a win's a win and as blues fans we'll, we'll take it so yeah that was that was quite good i know your, your um one of your favorites tj tj fayani was back this week so i think he made a bit of a, a big difference i remember that game against the chiefs when the blues played them Uh, Harry Plummer got, he got a bath from Kuntupaya was playing second five and he was the man of the match in that game. He killed Harry Plummer and that was probably the end. They couldn't get TJ on quickly enough, but I thought he he's, um, you know, he's a solid, steady, consistent, you know, seven out of 10 guy, reliable guy. So it's good to see him back. I know you would have been happy about that. Oh,
1: indeed. I'm all about the hard grafters who don't get
0: the praise they deserve.
1: He's one of them, sure. Mm. Absolutely. Um, Tj Fayani is one of these quiet toilers who doesn't do flashy stuff, but what he does is quite effective. And you know his teammates see it; they they can feel it, yeah. and his leadership shows throughout it. Um, so yeah, it's nice to see him back, and and Perafeta, nice to see him firing. Um, he's had some you know seasons, some some forgettable seasons due to injury. Um, yeah and you know it's, it's nice to see those two back in they're both senior heads senior campaigners so yeah it's nice to see them as you say steadying the ship
0: yep yep for sure so i know yeah tj doesn't need to be flashy they've got enough flashy guys there you know caleb clark's there Rico yuani all these other guys so if you can be you know just help provide them and uh opportunities by making good decisions and being good defensively which he is you know i think that um that's a a important role that he plays in that team but um yeah that was good from the blues um i'm not sure if you caught anything australian we don't normally delve too much into the australian games but because we're doing the whiz whiz medal we like to have a brief brief look at it did you catch anything aussie um
1: i did catch a little bit of the highlights between the rebels versus the reds um Yep. yep You know, th- these stadiums just look empty, but at the same time, they- they're going through COVID over there. But um, I guess in mm. terms of the, the rugby that was played, it was quite nice to see some, um, a little bit of creativity, there was a little bit of um, strength shown by the, the Reds pack, I thought. There was, early in the piece, they they scored off um, a rolling moor, which was nice to see as well, um, and that was off mm. the back of a lineup um a few phases after that they scored so um it was nice to see those kind of tries come about i think it was taniela tupou that scored the try um for the reds um the rebels are a team that mm, you just never know you never know with those guys they're kind of they're kind of unpredictable but at the same time they're, they're a head scratcher for any fan who's watching um super rugby australia uh, I think later on in the mm-hmm. game, there was a nice runaway try by one of the Reds guys uh, under the post. Um, what's his name? He played centre, but yeah, it was it was an entertaining game to some degree. But for me, I'm biased in saying this is not as entertaining as uh, Super Rugby Altitude by any stretch.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no good thoughts. Yeah, the Reds, they're really establishing themselves as probably the the best team in Australia. I think they're still undefeated over on that side. So when we get to this trans Tasman competition of, of, you know, for these COVID restrictions permitting, that's when it's going to be quite interesting because it's quite hard to gauge how good the reads are. They also play, as you said, the style that they play is quite a, a, can be a, a good watch. They're quite enterprising in the way they play. they got some quite good players. O'Connor's there um, directing the ship and some of the, the uh, Daniela Tupo, he got, actually got two tries, and he was the man of the match in that game, so he was outstanding. Um, yeah, I, I quite like watching them play, so yeah, good good call on the Rebels as well. They're a bit all over the shop, but um, inconsistent, but um, yeah, just for our listeners there, uh, the Reds got that one. Uh didn't actually write the score down but it was quite convincing. They they won it quite early. They were up twenty four 0 I think it very early on. So they got some they just flew out the gates and then the Rebels were in catch up mode after that. Um also the Tars and the Bumbies, they got rid of their coach Rob Penny, the Tars and there was that bounce back fact uh, bounce back factor a little bit. they still lost. They haven't won a game. Uh twenty four to twenty two they lost um and I'll just say that the back three of the Brumbies uh, were very good. So Tom Banks, he was the man of the match from fullback. Uh, Tom Wright, uh, he's returning from a long-term injury. And Andy Muirhead was on the other wing. He was quite busy. So um, some good signs there from Australia, from a couple of the teams, the Reds and the Brumbies in particular. But um, you haven't got much to talk about for the Australians. But I wanted to look forward, um, just some news out from your neck of the woods, from the City of the Future there. Um, Sam Kane. Uh, just released earlier this week, he's got a, a, a bit of a serious injury. So he's got a he's torn his pick and he's looking at four to six months uh, on the sideline. So, um, you know, I know the diehard Chiefs fans um, will be pretty um, gutted about that. He's a critical part of their team. But I really wanted to look at it from the All Blacks perspective. Um, there are a couple of uh, factors that come from there. So they're going to need a new captain, obviously. Uh, for these upcoming tests and they're probably the makeup of the loose forwards is going to change so i'll get your thoughts Mikey, we'll go for the captain first who, how are you seeing that one who do you think could be who would be your choice for the captain and if you've got a reason um a couple of reasons that'd be good as well
1: yeah it's a, it's a it's a tough one for the old um coaching staff at you know the ab's now that um their guy that they picked weeks or months before any you know campaign actually actually happened um to be the captain um sam kane um, who's unfortunately out for what was it six months six months right
0: yeah four to six months he's looking at so um he's basically all of super rugby's gone and probably those early tests and potentially the whole of the rugby championship as well so um looks, looks like quite long term yeah i think um i think the
1: coaches uh, Foster was interviewed recently and obviously remained coy about who he would like to replace him with. You know, he's he's concerned about his, his number one man in Sam Kane. Um, for me, an obvious choice, you'd have to look at Adi Savia. At some level, you have to look at him. Not only is he going to be replacing Sam Kane from a positional level, but as a captain, he he's the logical choice other than the old head that is you know Sam Whitelock um but as one of the guys said in a a group chat earlier this week um you know Sam Whitelock is getting on and we don't know if during his twilight years he can you know he is part of the All Blacks coaching staff's plans for leadership They may want to blood somebody younger, um, and that may even put out um, Adi Xavier as as the number one option. Um, But yeah, for me, it's it's a no-brainer to go with Adi as um, not only the replacement for his position, but the captain.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I hope they go with Adi. Uh, he's 27 so he's still got um, some years left. I think if they go with um, Sam Kane through to the World Cup uh, 2023 which is, seems like they're going to do Then you know 2024 the new captain uh, who knows what Sam Kane's plans are after that His body the way he plays his body will be will have taken a hammering by then just the physicality that he plays with so I'm not sure if he's going to hang around or You know what's going to happen, but it'll be good to say that you use this year to sort of bloody a, a younger guy and Artie will only be he would have I think just turned 30 by that stage so you still have some some um you know things that some legs left uh, Sam Whitelock's the other guy who uh, he'll be he's 32 he'll be 33 this year so I, I'm not sure how much longer after the world cup he's going to be around I suppose another guy Scott Barrett he's the captain of the crusaders uh, 27 as well he could be an option and I know the all-black selectors and the all-black hierarchy really rate him quite highly um, There are some stats that came out where he was um, The fittest forward in the all-blacks, so he's a guy who always seems to get selected a lot and uh, you Now he's got a famous last name and he's, he kills it at training So he could be an outside bolter, but I'm with you. I think I'd I'd like to see Artie get the get the gig Um, I think he could be the one, but, um, yeah, just with, um, with Kane out, how do you see the loose forward, who would be your starting three for the, for the All Blacks with, uh, Kane out? Would you, would you move Xavier? Would you keep him at eight? Would you pick someone else?
1: For me? I would, I would definitely keep Xavier at eight, even though he's proved to be statistically better as an impact player, um, whether that be Hmm. seven or eight, he's, you know, he's proved to score more off the bench um have a hand and tries off the bench more than you know as a starter but um his name comes to mind as one of the go-to if you're talking about lucy's another guy that i think should be given a shot and has proved himself in the past and is proving himself in this particular super rugby aotearoa competition is shannon frizzell as a six Hmm. um Shannon Frizzell, if you look at the stats, he I think he's leading the number of carries for the Super Rugby Aotearoa season. Um and then closely behind him is Fang uh Fanganuku. Leicester Fanganuku. Um, and he's he's a back. So that, mm. that, that speaks levels about, you know, Shannon Frazel's um work ethic, especially with regards to running ball running. And the kind of impact he's having, he's always drawing in a couple of players. He's always taking on the first tackler, um, and freeing up his hands where he can. But I'm I'm loving seeing him this season for Super Rugby. I said, or I don't know who I would put at seven right now. I think um, in terms of the future, I'd love to see a, a Boschier or or someone like that. Um, I, I think Boschier will take over Sam Kane at the Chiefs anyway. Um, at, at that level, yep. rugby level, but I'd love to see someone like that come through, get blooded now rather than later and get that AB experience um, sooner rather than later, especially whilst Kane is
0: um, recovering. Yeah, good thoughts there. You know, the thing about the way New Zealand plays, they've got guys like like Sam Kane and Adi Savia and, and these guys you can play multiple positions so it's quite hard to get to know what the mix is going to be I've, I've actually wanted to see Savia push back to seven um for the all blacks you know to me he's still a little bit small as an international eight and that's sort of my concern with keeping him there even though he did a good job I thought I'd rather see an out and out eight there so I'll put Savia to seven in my mythical cool all blacks and then I'll pick Hoskins give him a chance to run at eight and I've also gone Akira Akira you on at six so I'm not sure if this is my blues biasness coming through where I picked two blues guys next to him but I thought Akira he got about two or three games last year for the All Blacks and he really he took his chance so I would just um some incumbency there I'll just give him the shot even though it's a bit hard now uh, with Patrick Tupilotu out it looks like um Akira's been benched for tom robinson's captaincy so um yeah that, that's the the way i would have gone but i think dalton properly is another guy who could really come through he's come he's been awesome for the blues um if they keep savia um, at eight like you mentioned along with boscia who's in that mix i think dalton could be a guy who could benefits in that way too so it's going to be interesting to see how they, who they go with i think a couple of other names you could throw in there is
1: mitch Karpick. um who, you know, is another specialist, seven, um, for the Chiefs, mm. also, um, there's guys like Grace, there's guys like, um, yes. who's yes. the other fella, um, his name misses me right now, um,
0: Karifi, Karifi, Karifi. That's him.
1: Karifi, that's the other guy, the here. so you've got guys like Karifi, you've got Luke Jacobson who can back up at number 8, oh, yes, um, oh, yes, well. you got all those guys who can you know, provide some solid backup for these jokers. Tom Robinson, he seems to be firing right now in the competition, mm. so you know, they, mm. all these guys are putting their hands up, so I guess it's a matter of being consistent but also starting for their Super Rugby all team first and then doing putting on good yeah. performances to, you know, to be in conversations at the business end of the season when the AB selectors start, you know,
0: putting ticks next to, you know, these, these names. Yep. I suppose another guy from outside the squad, Ethan Blackadder from the Crusaders, he's a guy who's really come on as a, as a blindside. So another guy, loose forward is one of the strongest uh, positions that we got going around in New Zealand. So there's heaps of guys sort of wider training guys and and outside the squad who could do a job of select two it's just going to be interesting to see what direction the selectors go for but still a lot of rugby to be played between now and then so if you was one of those guys that got mentioned like in this podcast and you know you knew kane was injured you should really be going for it because there are positions up for grabs now that uh um, now that kane's out and we know that probably adi savvy is the only guy that we can say for certain is gonna be somewhere in that, that starting mix, I, I'd assume. So um, it's just a matter of who, who else fits in where. Um yeah, but good shout on Frizzell as well. I mean, he's been bloody awesome. I, I'm a, a Kira fan just on what he did last year, but if they went with Frizzell, I'm sure he'd be he'd be good. So yeah, pretty, uh, I think that, uh, yeah, two different selection policies would be good to see. Both would work as well, which is a sort of testament to the New Zealand policy. Um, all right, we're gonna move forward, um, we're just gonna have a couple of previews, but and then um, a tip from you for the RTAB account, brother. Uh, but, um, yeah, on Saturday night in Dunedin, so the Highlanders playing, um, the Chiefs, um, yeah, Saturday in Dunedin, mate. How are you seeing that one? Oh, whenever I hear
1: about the Highlanders and the Chiefs playing in Dunedin, I just I, I'm always taken back to that three minutes of non stop rugby phase after phase (laughs) after phase where young Nanai Williams ended up scoring. And um, it's always, it's always a really good, um, it's always really good fixture between those two teams when they play over there at the old, uh, they still call it the house of pain? Not really, uh, over there at at, um, at the stadium. So um, I think it'll be entertaining. There will be a lot of uh, throwing around of the ball, which is good, because both teams like to throw the ball around when they play against each other at that venue. Um, But I think based on current form, I would back the Highlanders to uh, pip the Chiefs, even though I've got a family member in the Chiefs. (laughs)
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah, Um, I think also, like you mentioned, two teams you like to throw the ball around and that stadium that, where they've got the covered stadium, so the conditions are really good for that, that style of rugby, and that's why those games, Highlanders Chiefs, are some of the best, most entertaining games you'll see. But I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the six guys that got suspended. So they they got those six guys suspended for um, they're breaching the team protocols, and then they absolutely smashed... The Crusaders, which almost never happens in Christchurch. So, what would you be doing with those six guys? Would you be bringing any of them back, or would you just say, "Sorry, we we smashed the Crusaders. We're going to just gonna kind of stick with the team that we got." Or look, um, it's, that's a uh, yeah. Well,
1: that's a that's a good problem for the Highlander coaches to have, I think. But also, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. if they wanted to get the best out of the six that they dropped, I would stand them down again um and go with the the team that beat the crusaders by 33 to 12. you know um why would you mess up a winning formula right like we will never know if those other six would have had a bearing on the 33 to 12 result had they been playing so um yeah i think the the best way to back that up is to start them again start them again they've they've proved you know i think they deserve to uh, get get the selection again um i think it's also a good reminder that no one um has a mortgage on the jersey um yep. in super rugby yep. you know you, you don't have a mortgage on a jersey just because you're one of the star players or you've been performing to a great level week in week out it always takes one bad decision like drink up between mates um in in quiet quarters for one with with <laughs> one guy it, ma- yeah. it might have been just one guy who decided oh no put this on snapchat well i'm just gonna do a quick little mm. story for facebook or um instagram and that probably got them in trouble so um but who who knows what happened you know it's i don't know i think the the right call was made by tony brown to stand him down um Obviously, if you're a fan of Highlanders, you probably think the same thing too now, since they beat the Crusaders. So um, I I would go again, I would would absolutely
0: select them again. Yeah, good call, Um, it's going to be interesting, I know Josh Shawani, he was the, he was the high profile, the most high profile guy, so he got mentioned a lot in, in that whole scenario. Um, just because I think he was the only one who had actually played for the All Blacks. But, you know, he's the sort of a 10-15. And we did, when we talked about our, when we did our review on that Crusaders game, those were the two two of the best players they had, was Mitch Hunt and, and Connor Garden Bishop there, who played 10-15. and 15. So, you know, he, he seems the most obvious guy to bring back, just talent-wise. But, yeah, I can't find a spot for him um, after that performance. So it's going to be interesting to see what Tony Brown does. I'm sort of coming around to your. Just the way you explained it, I'm coming on to your style of thinking. I was thinking just put them straight back in because they're good players. But no, you know what, you you switched (laughs) me there, Joey, mate. That's a good point you made there. So, yeah, I'll just stick with the team that won. Yeah, similar to you now. Um, Well, look, on on Sunday, so the the Canes, Hurricanes playing the Crusaders in Wellington. Um, I think the Canes need to win to make the final. If there are any chance, so I think they've fallen too far down that if they lose any more games, they might be out. So how are you seeing that one? Um, that's a tough one, but I
1: think, um, actually, you know, what? that's a tough one to call.
0: Hmm. It is actually,
1: it actually is a tough one to call. Because um, if, you, if you look at, um, where, where's the game being played? It's play, played in the Caketon, uh, down, um, down in Wellington there, Sunday. You know, when it's, when it's a game at the Caketon, I always back the home team, which is Wellington, um, to do a job on anyone, and that's including the Crusaders. So this particular match, because it's their home ground, I'd expect them to know how to work the territory. Uh, with their kicks and Geordie's firing quite well um, yep. with his kicking game and obviously he's kicking all the goals. I would expect him to know how to kick goals there at the Cacton whereas a lot of 10s or you know kickers, they seem to struggle with converting tries and kicking penalties there. So I would give um, the Canes this, this W um, but I think it'll be a close match.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. This is quite a hard one to pick, and the Crusaders almost never lose two in a row, but the Canes playing in Wellington, they'll be desperate because I think I heard, yeah, I'll have to check that, but because they're coming last, if they want to make the final, they have to win this game, otherwise they'll be too far gone. So that extra desperation, you know, you don't think the Crusaders will lose two in a row, but I'm going with you on this one as well. I think the Canes... The canes could take it in a close one so yeah well so far we've been on the same page on those ones But we do have our TAB account anyway, so we are doing really well We started off with $50. We've got a $50 free bonus money and now we're up to $156 So we're smashing it, but mate I'll get you to give us a tip or anything rugby really just uh, something we're gonna we put $10 on every week for our listeners out there and um yeah, whatever comes of it comes of it but um, we're basically playing with free money at the moment given uh how many wins we've got so who have the blues joey mate you got any you got anything on the horizon for that one for our who account the blues got this round the blues got the buy. oh yes uh, let me che- yeah blues got a buy. so okay highlanders chiefs and kane's crusaders and the blues got the buy this week
1: highlanders chiefs highlanders at home Chiefs just coming off a bye, Highlanders coming off a great win. Oh, mate, I would go Highlanders 13 and over against Ooh, the Chiefs. Nice. Um, nice. I like that. Yeah, I'm just typing. And to again, know. reason being, if they st- especially if they stick with their same team that beat the Crusaders, yep. so it'll come down to their selection um, because the Chiefs have come off a bye, so they haven't had that, you know, game-hardening, if you like. Mm, mm. And I think their I last like one, I think I like the Chiefs' it. last one was a loss to, oh no, they beat the Blues. So they'll they'll be... Yeah, Sam Kane out, Sam out. Kane out is our yes. big out. We just,
0: talk, yes. we just talked about Sam
1: that. Sam out. So they, they've got too much going against them. And it's an away game for them. I expect the Highlanders to do 13 and over.
0: Yeah, oh nice, yeah, there we go. Is our tip. We're going to put $10 on that. uh, I quite like that one, actually, now that you've given your reasonings as to why. So, yeah, I wouldn't have picked that one at the start. But now that you've talked it around (laughs) with some logic there, it's it's looking quite good. And also, also, also Shannon
1: Frizzell. That's my other reason.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because because Kane's out, I think
1: Shannon Frizzell will uh, expose that loose trio of the Chiefs.
0: Hmm. Mm. Um. I know Luke Jacobson, he's been good, but um, he's going to need the other, whoever they pick, the other two guys to to really step up and help them out. So, um, yeah, good, good shout there. Highlanders 13 plus. Um, yeah. Well, just a quick update for our listeners. So we've got our wiz wiz middle. Um, for our um, Super Rugby Player of the Year, and that's across both Australian competition and the New Zealand competition, so how it works is we uh, review every match and three points for the best player in the match, two for the second best player, and one for the third best player in the match, and then we tally up the points, and then at the end of the year we should have our inaugural uh, Wes Wes medal winner for the uh, Super Rugby Player of the Year. So I'll just give a quick update for our listeners on the um, the table. So we actually have a five, five-way tie for first place. So all on six points. We've got Cody Taylor, Matt Tomoa, Richie Moonga, Tom Banks, and Taniela Tupou. And just um, we've got three guys on five points. So Akira Ioane. Uh, Damien McKenzie and James O'Connor so it is still quite wide open and there's a whole host of guys on four and three which I won't go into but um the medal is still wide open. So I know uh, Taniela Tupou. He he was the man of the match against the Reds, who we talked about, and he's just rocketed straight up. He was on three points straight into the first tie for first. And Tom Banks as well. He picked up three points this week uh, for the Brumbies, who was he was outstanding there. And just on the back of that, they've been able to um, fire into that top that top top echelon. So it's uh, getting quite close there. We post a lot of things on social media, so keep following us there. Um, we've had a lot of um, interesting debate as well from a lot of the public and um, people, of, a lot of fans as well. But it's um, it's, it's, uh, it's good because, you know, Super Rugby don't recognise their players. They don't have a Player of the Year or Team of the Year or anything like that. So we thought we are trying to fill that void there. Um, <clears throat> Joey, mate, I'll come to you. We're just about to finish up, brother. But... Um... Yeah, have you got any sort of um final thoughts i saw one of your posts which i wasn't going to which i just saw re- just before we started uh Jonah Lomu rugby came out on ps4 what was it 20 something years, years ago years. earlier this week so i know that's um just uh, sort of a semi related to our rugby podcast but i know that's one of the great uh rugby games and anyone who had a ps1 back then it was that was like the go-to game Jonah Lomu rugby so you know, always thought check that in as well. Indeed, general
1: rugby. It's a, uh, it's the OG of all rugby games. I think. Um, I think if you speak to old gamers, that is always on their list of games that they played, alongside yep. you know, yep. uh, COD and all the rest of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, showing a bit of our age there as well because I used to play it a bit. I was. I started getting left behind i wasn't as (laughs) hardcore as some of the the guys that i was playing with so i i I gave up uh, not long after it came out but um yeah i remember it was a bloody it was like you know revolutionary for us for us young bucks coming through you know this rugby game with jonah Lomu, and it's so um the late great Jonah um but yeah just something for our listeners to bring back memories but mate have you got any um just any thoughts in closing before we as we start to finish up our our podcast for the week
1: yeah well it's a I think the next couple of weeks will be exciting again for Super Rugby Aotearoa. Um, I think it's a hard job for the All Black selectors at the moment if they were to pick a team. Um, I think mm. as we go along, we'll find that after injuries and what have you, you'll find that the most consistent uh, performers of the last two seasons will show their mettle again. Um, I'm thinking about guys like TJ Fayane and I'm thinking about guys like... Um, Caleb Clark and, you know, all those those really good players that have shown their hand um, I would like to see guys like Akira Ioane fire and, you know mm. um, put his name on that all-black jersey when it comes to selection time so, um, yeah, all the best to these players. Another uh, guy that I really want to be uh, recognised a bit more um, and I think he'll he'll keep improving is Mark Talia Yep that's
0: it nice um yeah all right guys um, i just wanted to um sort of congratulate the blues and the chiefs so they're going to play up the first women's super rugby altero match it's not till may i believe so um we'll sort of at this stage just going to congratulate them on what they're doing because i think that's a massive step forward for women's rugby but i think um, as we get a bit closer we'll do some um really uh, look at it a bit more deeper and and um, acknowledge the women's game a bit more um, also we've spoken a bit previously about the club game as well so get out and support your, your local club particularly any Aucklanders out there because I know the Blues have a bye this week so you can still get your rugby fixed by uh, you know supporting the club game um, at the grassroots level and maybe you might see some of our counter-rock boys there uh, Joey will be might be running around or, or Rog so if you disagree with what they have to say just give them a head high or something. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Um, but yeah, yeah, we've got our guys out there on the ground at playing at, the, at that level as well. So it's be good to get out and support support the game if you can. Um, it's always good to play uh, grassroots um, games uh, at that level as well and, and to support. So I talked about this earlier with Rog. I remember watching uh, your, old, your old stomping ground Ponsonby. This is going back a bit. And uh, they had Sam Tuitupo was playing. Uh, Benson Stanley was playing and I went to watch those guys because I knew they were they were sort of stars by then and there was a young winger they had there who he killed he just carved up who I'd never seen before and then not long ago he was uh, running around for Auckland so it was uh, David Smith yeah you know, he was bloody he was one of the the best players I saw of've seen at the club level he was bloody awesome so sometimes that's a good thing about watching the club games you can sort of find or see the next big thing um so yeah. Yeah, uh, hey you guys got? Do you know if you guys got anyone coming through at your old Papatoetoe? Anyone potentially? I think a lot of the players at Papatoi they have
1: played in the junior grades. They've gone offshore and played, you know, professionally, and now have come back to help the club again. So, yeah, probably not so much on that side of things. Um, I think in the junior grades definitely, but um, as far as young players in the top side team, nah, I, I don't know yet. I don't
0: I haven't seen enough yep yep but yeah if you're if any listeners out there get out and support your local club um, it's I think that part of the game has sort of been left by the wayside a little bit to how it was sort of you know 10 15 20 years ago um so it would be good to go out and support but i um, just for our listeners I want to thank all the listeners for joining us for another episode of the canary we're available on the usual podcast platforms, so Stitcher Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find us on there. And uh also on YouTube, we've got a YouTube channel, a network YouTube channel, so you can watch us there and provide us some feedback for us. Um so boys, uh, Joey, thanks for jumping on, brother. Um, good to see you back on here, um, providing your your knowledgeable uh, insight. And also Cam's doing the fact checking and the uh, producing. Uh thanks, brothers. And we'll be back again next week. So check us out then. Cheers, boys. Thank you.